Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. So will you give a warm welcome to Gary Malone? Amen. I love you, brother. All right. Well, we, uh, I wanted to share something awesome today that has really blessed my life. And it is the subject, which it's the name of our church, Faith City. We're going to talk about faith. But before I start talking about this, I want you to um, just open your heart for a moment because faith is super simple. But is it possible that even something super simple, God can bring more light to it? Do you believe that? Do you believe that it's possible that you can grow in faith? Is that, is that possible? So in other words, you know, I, I know sometimes when you talk about something, you know, like faith, I'll say this about 10 years ago, you know, I went to a Bible school that centered around faith and I learned so much about faith and, and I had so much knowledge about faith that if somebody came to me and they said, you know, you need to grow in faith, it's very possible at that time because I had so much knowledge that I would have said, I know everything about faith. Now, that sounds really haughty, and I'll agree with you. I'm just being honest with you where I was. And that was wrong because I believe that this journey of life that we're going through with God, I believe that it is a faith journey and that we never are going to get to a place where we say, oh, I've arrived. I don't need to learn anything more about faith. No, faith in all of its simplicity, and we'll talk about how simple faith is, in all of its simplicity, there is a growth in the experience of faith and even in how to operate in faith when it comes to our relationship with God. Are you with me? All right, so let's look at this. And uh, so we're going to look at the definition of faith, and we're going to walk right through this. And, And it's really been impactful for me because as we as a church, if you've been here and if you haven't been here, one, one of the things that we focus on is, is post-Jesus at the cross. In other words, we focus on the fact that things changed when Jesus came. And although all scripture is extremely important, if you view it in light of after Jesus died on the cross, everything else makes more sense. The Old Covenant makes sense when you see it through the eyes of what Jesus did for you. And you can see that the Old Testament was a picture of what was about to come, which was Jesus. And when you understand it through that light, now everything else becomes easier to understand. The Bible is only difficult because we've made it difficult. It's really simple. It's that God loves you. And let me explain how he does. So that's, that's what the Bible is all about. And, and the demonstration of God's love for you was Jesus. You'll never have to question. I don't know today. I, I've, I've struggled. I don't know. I've, I've, I've done this. I've done that. I've been through this. I, I had this bad thing happen. You'll never, ever have to wonder if God loves you. Because Jesus paid the price once and for all. And that once and for all price was his forever statement that I will never, ever, ever stop loving you. I'll never stop. I don't even cry, but man, that was, I don't know what God was doing there. All right, so I want to start off with asking this question. Why is faith important? 
Faith, and the answer here is faith is how we receive everything that God provided through grace. And grace was Jesus. Grace came through Jesus. And faith is how we receive everything that Jesus provided. Have you ever asked the question? I, I, I'm sure you have, and, and, and I have. Have you, have you ever wondered or been in a situation where you said, I could really use God's help right now? Have you ever asked God for help? Now, faith is super important because if we understand the Scripture and we understand what Jesus did... Let me say this, and, and this, this, this might blow your mind, or if you've been here for a while, you, you, you might have heard this before, but now this is going to rock your world possibly. God has done everything that he's ever needed to do for you at the cross. All of your needs are already taken care of. So here's the question many times. It's like, God, why didn't you? And God's saying, I've already done it. Now it's, it's, it's up to you to receive. Now this is extremely important because we can blame God for things and God, why didn't you? Why didn't you? And, 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 and see the way that God works, this is how God works. God provides in advance. Look at Adam and Eve. He provided in advance. He didn't make man first, right? He didn't make man first. He created the heavens and the earth. He created a garden. He created all these things. And he said, now, I've already provided for you. Now come. So in Christ, God has already provided for you. Now you say, I haven't seen it. I've lived this life, and I don't know if I've ever seen anything from God. If that statement that I just made to you is new, that could be a clue as to why. Because you're looking for something and it's already there. Now, how do I receive it? That's, that's why you're here today. We're going to talk about this. Um, so why is faith important? Because this is how we receive everything that God has provided by his grace. What is faith? The definition, very simple. The definition of faith is to rely on, to trust in, to cling to. To, to rely on, to trust in, to cling to. That's super simple. We can all relate to that. You rely on your friend. You rely on your parents, possibly. You rely on your spouse. You rely. This is all that faith is. It's so simple that a a very young child can understand faith, right? It's so simple. Now, now this is what what, what I want to get back to in this message is the simplicity of faith. Because for years, I, I, I had... Uh, receive so much knowledge about faith and, and, and what can happen is we can get so deep in something that we miss the simplicity of it. How many of you know you can get so deep in the scripture and in, in the study of, of the word and, and that's okay, but don't lose the simplicity of this, this one thing, which is what the Bible's all about. Jesus loves you. It's, it's really that simple. And yeah, there's deep things, and there's the Greek and the Hebrew, and there's the and we'll we'll look at some of those things because it's important to point out to make things simple and 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 all these things. But it's but if you know nothing else, if you don't know anything else in the Word, you can have an awesome relationship with God if you focus on His love for you. 
Now grow in the word because as you grow in the word, and the Bible's important, I'm not taking that away, but, but as you grow in the word, understand that the whole purpose of the word is to get you to see in a greater way how much he loves you. Everything that Jesus did for you, okay? So, so this is what we're talking about. So in Hebrews chapter 11, it defines faith really the same way. Paul, now Paul, this is, and I don't know that this was Paul. I believe it's Paul. We don't know the author of Hebrews. But I believe it's Paul because the language is very similar to a lot of his other writings. Um, but really, he says the same thing. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, he says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now that sounds a little deep. That sounds a little... A little uh, deeper than to trust and to rely and to cling to. We have to understand that the Bible was translated from from an original language. It was original in Greek. So sometimes back in this, in the day that they translated this scripture, it was Elizabethan English. So they said things a little bit different. But if you really look at what he's saying, he's saying that, that what faith is, it's simply trusting God in the midst of not seeing what you want to see. In other words, in other words, you're in the midst of a storm and everything is against you. Lost your job. Uh, times are tough. Faith is looking at God in the midst of it and saying, God, I trust that you're bigger. I trust that you are bigger than this storm. So this is the simplicity of faith. But I want to look at... Uh, a statement here, and I want you to write this down. And this is, this is where, what we're going to talk about today specifically. Faith is a byproduct of seeing Jesus clearly. Faith is a byproduct of seeing Jesus clearly. So in other words, when you see what Jesus did for you, when you see the greatness of Jesus, his love for you, when you see uh, the work that he did for you at the cross and what that work means, you're in faith. I said you're in faith. It's impossible for you to see Jesus clearly and all his goodness and not be in faith. That's impossible. Because if you really saw how good he was, you would trust him. So faith is a byproduct of seeing Jesus clearly. We're going to go over to Mark chapter 11. I'm going to look at a, a, a story here, and I'm not going to read all of the scripture here, but I'm going to kind of tell you what happened here. Jesus was hungry. The disciples were with him, and he noticed they were with him, and they were kind of following behind him. And I believe that in this moment, Jesus saw a fig tree, and he wanted he was just going to grab something to eat off the fig tree. He was going to take, take something off of the tree. But he noticed the disciples were following them. And I believe in this moment that Jesus understood. He, he felt like this is a good example for me to teach them something about faith. This is what I believe that he was doing. Uh, and he came up to the fig tree and he thought, you know what? They're watching me. And I'm going to speak to this fig tree. And I'm going to tell it to dry up from the roots. And it's going to dry up. And they're going to be like, whoa. Whoa. How did that happen? It's going to be a great teaching moment. So Jesus did this, and he, he, he told the fig tree, he said, dry up from the roots, because it didn't produce what he wanted for it. But uh, in verse 22, we're picking up there, uh, actually verse 20, I'm sorry. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots, and Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. 
And Jesus said unto him, have faith in God. Now, he goes forward to say, For verily I say unto you that whoever says to this mountain, Be taken up and be cast into the sea, and don't doubt in your heart, but believe that those things which he saith to do come to pass, it shall be to him whatever he may say. So, what is Jesus wanting to teach the disciples here, and what is he wanting to teach us? You know, the Bible's for us today. In light of grace and an understanding of what Jesus did, we can see and we can experience the word fresh just like they did. But here's what, here's what Jesus was pointing out is, is, first of all, he wanted them to know that the way out of circumstances, because the mountain wasn't figure. He wasn't, he wasn't saying, hey, I want you to go to the next mountain you see and cast it into the sea to see what I'm saying. That wasn't his point. And we don't have any examples of them doing that, right? But his point was to say, you're going to come up against obstacles. You're going to come up against storms. You're going to come up against things in life that look like mountains. You ever, you ever dealt with something like that? You ever came up against a mountain? Debt. Loss of a job. Sickness. Right? And he says this. He says, when you come against a mountain, have faith in God. Trust. Rely on. Cling to God. Now, he also gives us a great uh, uh, illustration here about the power of words. Because he's saying that, that your words is, is what he used against the fig tree. And he's saying, disciples, you can use your words against your circumstance or against your mountain that you're facing. Now, words, write this down. Words and faith go together. I said words and faith go together. Now, does that mean... I'm not in faith if I'm not using words. I didn't say that. But I, I, I will say this, that the release of what you believe, your words have power. Your words have power. Now, they have power over your circumstance. You can speak to the, to the, to the mountain, as he said here. But also, words have a way of refocusing you on, on your trust in God. In other words, in the moment of the storm, you can speak to your mountain, but you can also uh, uh, say things that line up with the truth of God's word when everything else is telling you it's not true. A great example is when you wake up in the morning and, and the first thing you think, which is the enemy, the first thing that you think is, oh, you're a dirty sinner. Your words have power. And, and if, you just, if you just let that thought linger and linger and linger and linger, you're going to just let that, it's, it's going to control the way you live. And it's going to bring guilt and condemnation in your heart. Instead of letting that, that go, stand up and speak. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm forgiven by the cross. And you see, your, your confidence in your right standing will cause you to walk over that, that temptation to think that way. Right? So your words have power. Now, now, there's another translation here, and I want to point this out. In, in Mark eleven twenty two and verse 23, and this is the actual Greek in the young literal translation. I'm not trying to be deep here, but, but, but this is actually what Jesus said to them. In verse 22, he said, Jesus answering, saith unto them, have the faith of God. Now you say, well, you're splitting hairs here. What's the difference? Well, both of them are good. But what he literally said 
And Jesus spoke a different language than we did, so you can understand why these translations, we can, we can kind of see it a little bit clearly as we study it out. But what he actually was saying here is, is, is and it wasn't just have faith in God, but what he was saying was have the faith of God. Now let me explain to you how, the, how to have the faith of God. You say, why is that important? Well, the reason that it's important is because if it's just saying have faith in God, it's something we've got we've to figure out how to get. We've got to figure out how to do. But when he's saying have the faith of God, understand that these disciples weren't even born again yet. Jesus hadn't come in. But now we have the nature of God. So we could say it like this. If you have received Christ in your life, you have the faith of God right now. Now, here's the question. Romans uh, says, the love of God has been shed abroad in your hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now, how many of you know we don't always act in love? Right? Some of you didn't, didn't say right, so I'll talk to you after service. I want to know what's going on there. But that doesn't mean that the love of God isn't within you. But how many of you believe the love of God is within you if, you're, if you've received Christ? Now, Christ's nature is in you. Well, I believe I have the love of God, but I don't... I don't, I don't know that I have the... Well, I'm going to prove it to you. And this is, this is important. And the reason that it's important is because faith was meant to be simple. Faith was meant to not be something that is a burden on your life. Faith was meant to be something that it is all about Jesus. I said it's all about Jesus. It's not about you. And this is what happens sometimes when we see faith wrong is we constantly look at ourselves and say, oh, I don't know if I have enough faith for this. I don't know if I have enough faith for this challenge. No, no, no. Faith is seeing Jesus clearly. If you see Jesus clearly in the midst of the storm and you keep your eyes on Jesus, you have great faith. Well, I don't know as much as so-and-so. You know, I see this mountain-moving guy that, you know, he just has so much knowledge of the Word of God and all these things. No, obviously growth and knowledge of the Word is great because what it does is it causes it, it makes it easier to see Jesus clearly. Are you with me? But even you who maybe don't know all the scriptures, don't know everything in the Bible, you can look at Jesus in your mind's eye, know that he loves you, and in the midst of the storm, you're in great faith because you keep focused on Jesus. So in, uh, in, in Matthew chapter 14, I, w- I want to tell you this story here, another example of Jesus uh, explaining faith and giving them um, an explanation of how faith works. In Matthew chapter 14, and I'll, I'll just set you up for this, Jesus told his disciples, you go out on the boat on the lake and I'm going to stay back and I'm going to just spend some time with my dad. Who's dad? God. We can call dad God, uh, God dad now. I said, that, that's an amazing thing. He said the spirit in one scripture calls out Abba, Father. Abba in the, in the Jewish just means daddy, daddy, daddy. We can go to God and, and, and talk to our daddy. Right? Now that's powerful. Some of you have never experienced God as your father, but he wants to be your father. He wants you to come to him with everything that you need. Right? And that's even where we get off on confession. Well, you know, I don't want to confess the wrong thing. Listen, God's bigger than your bad confession. So what I'm saying is work on your speaking because there's certain things that we can say that can put us in a ditch. You know, if you keep saying every day I'm a loser, I'm never going to win, I'm, everybody else seems to win, the lottery, and I never win, don't, don't do the lottery. But I'm just saying, you know, you know, you know those people, if anything's going to go wrong, it's going to be me. You know, 
Um, you know, some people, you know, they say, you know, how you doing today? Well, under the circumstances. You know, one guy said to a guy, he said, how'd you get under there? We don't have to live under the circumstance. Now, we all have circumstances. But you don't have to live under them. So Jesus told the disciples, you go on the boat, and I'm going to stay back, and I'm going to pray, uh, talk to my daddy. And he did that. And then, and then the disciples were on the boat by themselves, going to the other side of the, of the lake, and, and the wind started kicking up and really going crazy. And, and the disciples, you know, they started really being afraid. And Jesus comes. Now, this is Jesus. This is God. Jesus comes walking on the water. Now, here's what he said when he got to him. He said, it is I, be not afraid. Now, how many of you know, number one, it's easy for you to say, because these winds are going crazy, the boisterous, and number two, you must be a ghost right now. Why are you telling me not to be afraid? You're kind of freaking me out. Never seen anybody walk on water before. But Peter, out of the 12 in the boat, the disciples that were in there, One guy stood up and he said, if it's you, bid me come. In other words, if it's you, have me come and walk on the water to you. Now, let me ask you the question. Does it not take great faith to walk on the water? Now, if you don't think it does, then go try it and tell me how it goes. Hopefully you can swim. So what was it about Peter that he stepped out and the winds and the waves were still going and he stepped out and he walked on the water? Listen, he walked on the water. Now, people focus on the bad ending of this story, which really isn't that bad, but they they forget the fact that Peter walked on the water. A man walked on the water. Now, there's things that seem impossible that you can do with God working with you and in you and for you. All right? So in the natural, you can't walk on water. But Peter wasn't walking in the natural. He was walking in God's ability in him. So as the story goes on, Jesus, uh, he's focused He's focused on Jesus, looking at Jesus and his love for him, looking at Jesus and everything that he's gone through in his relationship with him. He knows that he can trust Jesus. He knows this. So he's walking on the water and he's looking solely at Jesus. The wind and the waves at this point when he's walking on the water are of no significance to him at all. All he can see is Jesus. That's great faith. Laser focus on Jesus in the midst of your storm is great faith. Laser focus on what Jesus did for you at the cross. He provided everything for you. He gave you a peace that passes all understanding that in the midst of the storm, if you'll focus on him, I'm not saying that everything changes instantly. What I am saying is that your perspective, number one, changes instantly. And what, I, what I'm also saying is that in the midst of the storm, there's a peace in your heart that even though things are going crazy, you're like, I don't know how, I don't know why, but I'm still happy. I'm still at peace. I'm still at rest. I still have joy in my life. I don't really understand it. All I know is, is that I see Jesus and he loves me. And I believe if you stay there, if you stay, you'll see the circumstance change. Because let me tell you, Peter, when he stepped out on the water, 
Jesus had the power to calm the storm, but he didn't instantly. He didn't do it instantly. He, he, was, he was saying, let me give Peter a test. If you'll just look at me, the, the storm and the winds and the waves won't even matter anymore. They won't even be as significant as they used to be. They, 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 do you understand what I'm saying? You, you, the, the circumstance in your life, there is always somebody, and I'm speaking to myself right now, there is always somebody in your worst circumstance that would love to be in your shoes. Now, am I saying that God won't change your circumstances? I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, 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 is that many times we focus so much on what's going on in the negative and the circumstance. When if we just look at God and his love for us, even in the midst of everything going wrong, we can have peace, joy, and rest because Jesus is enough. So the end of the story is, is that Peter sinks because he loses focus of Jesus and he starts looking at everything like we do sometimes. We start looking at the circumstance and we start looking at everything. And he loses focus and he sinks and Jesus, of course, comes down, picks him up. And he says, oh, you of little faith. Now, understand something here. I want you to understand that when Jesus says, oh, you of little faith, if you can see it in light of what I just talked about, you can understand it. He's not saying, Peter, you don't have... Uh, big faith. Peter had big faith. He just walked on the water. What he's saying is the difference between big faith and little faith is how long you can keep your faith in the field, per se. Now, I'm a sports guy. I'm a sports guy. Listen, how long can you keep your faith in the field? Or the moment that a circumstance comes, you go, ah, <laughs> I guess God doesn't work. I guess, it's, I, guess, I guess it's not for me. I guess I'm not good enough. I guess, you know, I guess this and I guess that. Great faith is how long can you look at Jesus? Now, we all lose focus. I'm not saying that. Don't be condemned if you lose focus. What I'm saying, though, is, is that you have the faith of God within you. Faith and quantity and quality is not your issue. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20 says this. I'm proving you what I just said. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. What Paul's saying here is, is I live faith, I, I live this life by the faith of the Son of God. In other words, Paul's actually saying that I have the faith of the Son of God within me. Here's my question to you. How good is the Son of God's faith? How good? Would you agree with me that it's perfect? Now, what's your point? My point is, is that when we talk about faith and we start hearing about faith and we learn about faith, the possibility is that you start looking at yourself and saying, I don't know if I have enough faith. I don't know if I can overcome this challenge. I don't know if I know enough. I don't know if, if this or that or this or that. When the focus should be on Jesus. It's all about him. 
If you overcome something and you can look back and say, oh, my, fo- my faith did it. Oh, pat myself on the back. I got, I got great faith. How many of you know Jesus isn't glorified in that? Now, can we grow in faith? Yes, in the sense that as you grow in the knowledge of how good God is to you, when you grow in the knowledge of who you are in Christ, what he's already done for you, how much he loves you, when you grow in that, what happens is, is that when the circumstances come, your focus uh, stays on the field longer. Are you with me? And there's no condemnation to you if you lose focus right away. I'm not, again, we're all growing, me included. I'm not telling you that every time an obstacle comes that I just remain laser focused the whole time. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, and I'm not saying that if you get off focus, you've lost all faith. I'm not saying that either. What I'm saying is, is that God's grace is more than enough for you in the midst of your lack of focus because we all go through those things that are, that are difficult. But what I'm saying is, is if you want to grow in faith, stop looking at yourself and wondering, do I have enough faith? Am I inadequate? Am I inadequate? Start looking at God and seeing that he is adequate. He has done more than enough for you. His faithfulness is all that you need. That's great faith. Great faith is, is, is trust in his faith. I don't know about you, but his faith is a lot better than mine. And I'm not going to live by faith of the son of Gary. My dad's Gary, and my name's Gary too. I'm going to live by the faith of the son of God. Which means I'm resting in his trust. All right, so Philippians chapter 3, verse 9. And be found in him, having Mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. This is Paul again saying, the faith of Christ. In other words, I live by the faith of Christ. So I'm not looking constantly at myself. This can be what we call a a faith inadequacy, where we're constantly looking at ourselves. No, I'm not looking at myself. I'm looking at Jesus. If you want to look at yourself, fine. But I encourage you, you're a whole lot better off looking at him. Because I guarantee you, no matter how great you get in your own ability and in your own faith and in your own knowledge, I can guarantee you that if you look close enough, there is a gap. Because we all have them. Right? But Jesus don't. So I'm going to live by his faith. So there can be some misunderstandings when it comes to faith, right? Some misunderstandings where we're trying to do it on ourselves. We're trying to do it in our own ability. And this is what we're trying to avoid. So there was a guy named Steve over in California, and Steve came to this church, and the pastor was ministering. And at the end of it, he said, Hey, pastor, I need prayer. And uh, he said, What do you need prayer for? He said, I need prayer for my hearing. And he said, All right, you know, we'll pray. So he came up and he said, Let me pray for your hearing. He had everybody join their hands and said, hey, pray for his hearing. He can't hear. He's deaf. And, and he started praying for him. And he, he looked at Steve after he got done praying. Everybody began praying. And, and he said, Steve, he said, he said, how's your hearing? And Steve looked back at the minister and he said, I don't know. It's next Tuesday at 3 p.m. at the courthouse. So anyways, so what's the point? The point is we can have misunderstandings about faith even as simple as it is. Let me finish here. Um, If you need one more scripture, I'm not going to read it, but you can write it down. 2 
Peter chapter 1 and verse 1. Peter calls it like precious faith. In other words, he's saying we all have precious faith. It's not you against me and me against you. Who has the best faith? Well, who looks at Jesus? Who sees Jesus clearly? And we can all do that, right? But I want to finish with this, with this story in Numbers chapter 13. Some of you may be a little bit familiar with the story of Caleb and Joshua. Caleb and Joshua, if you don't know, Moses was sending them out. And he said, I want you to go over to this land called Canaan. And I, I want you to check it out. And bring with you some people. So there was not just Caleb and Joshua. There was like 10 other people, roughly. And they all went over there to look at this land. The reason for looking at it, back in this day, this was a day of war. This is Old Testament, day of war. And they would come on these lands and they'd spy it out to see if it's good. And they'd take over the land. Well, they got there and, and there was Caleb, Joshua, and then 10 others. And they looked out and what they saw was these giants now, what they saw was awesome. They're like, man, this is a land flowing. They called it uh, milk and honey is what it's flowing with. It's just awesome. It's like paradise. This is the bomb, diggity. So they said, this is awesome. So they came back to report to Moses. And the, the 10 that came with them, uh, they spoke up first. And they said, it is an awesome land. But let me tell you something. There are some giants that will defeat us in this land. And Joshua and Caleb spoke up in the midst of it. And they said, it is a good land and we will overcome it. Now they saw the same thing as the other 10. But Caleb and Joshua had a spirit of faith. In other words, they didn't constantly look at the negative circumstances and constantly uh, look at everything as a challenge to defeat them. How many of you know that you can see a challenge to defeat you or you can see a challenge to overcome? And this was the difference between Caleb and Joshua and the ten. The ten saw a giant to defeat them, while Caleb and Joshua, they said it this way, they said, they are bread for us. Now, obviously, this is a day of war, so I don't recommend you seeing anybody that way. Um, but the point is that they were looking at giants, and 10 people were saying, we ain't got a shot, and two people were saying, this is a great challenge to overcome. Are you with me? And see, what happens when, when you begin to see Jesus and all of his love for you, when you begin to see everything that God has done for you, who you are in Christ because of what he's done for you. He's made you righteous before God. He's made you flawless on the inside, at the core. I understand that you got issues. We all got them. But understanding your righteousness and forgiveness will cause you to walk above your issues. It'll cause you to live holy, Better than you ever could do trying to be holy in yourself because now you understand that you are the righteousness of God, right? So, in other words, uh, the, the, the example here is to show that when the storms of life come, when the spirit of faith, this thing called faith, when the spirit of faith rises up and a challenge comes, you have a choice. Am I going to see this as bread for me? something to overcome, 
Or am I going to see this as something to defeat me? Amen? I don't know about you, but I choose to see it as something that I can overcome. Now listen to me now. When I say I can overcome, it is not me and my own ability. It is not you and your own ability because you have limitations. But Caleb and Joshua said, we can overcome this. And I want to read this scripture here, what they say. Go to chapter 14. And he said this. In verse 9, he said, Only do not rebel against the Lord, but trust him, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed for them, from them, and the Lord is with us. Now, now keep that in mind. This is the reason that they were able to say, let us go over there. Let us take the land because the Lord is with us. You see, you weren't meant to deal with your struggle on your own. You were never meant to do that. You were meant to rely and to trust in God through it all. Do you believe that God is bigger? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are the author and finisher of our faith. That it's not about us. It's all about you. And God, we, we choose today to say, God, we trust you. God, you are our source. Because everything in this life is shaky in this world but you are not shaky you are steadfast immovable faithful strong and we thank you for that now I want to pray for those right now that you would say I'm going through something that seems impossible We serve a God of the impossible. And you can trust him. Am I saying that the moment that you trust him, that everything is just going to be perfect? I don't know. I know that he moves mountains. I know that I've heard too, too many testimonies, too many miracles, too many for me to, for me to just focus on the negative. I've heard too many. I've seen God move too many times in my life for me to question his faithfulness. But I do know if you trust him, he'll bring you a peace in the storm. And I do know that if you'll continue to trust him, you will see that mountain move. God, I pray for everyone right now. I join my faith, your faith within me. And I thank you for whatever the struggle is right now. I thank you that you are showing yourself strong. And God, I thank you that even right now we'll see Jesus. And God, I thank you that you're bigger. And all things are possible to them who believe. For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv.
As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.